crochet base. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah. Everybody, welcome back to the Crochet Base Podcast. This is episode eight. I'm Jess. I'm Megs. And we are the, the Crochet, crochet Base. You know what, Megs? It's a lot easier to say the crochet base in sync when we're sitting next to each other. It really is. Would you agree? It, it 100% is. So tell the people. Tell the people what's happening because that's that's the case. Like, you are sitting next to me right now, and I did not think that that was how we were going to record episode eight. I am literally in the fake state of Michigan <laughs> recording episode eight. In Jessica's office. She's here, you guys. Surprise! So my 30th birthday was two days ago, and Meg's and my husband conspired and got her here for my birthday. We were in cahoots. Yeah. Do you want to quickly tell, like, the short version of the story? So basically, Michael, like, reached out to me and was like, hey, you're one of Jess's best friends, so... Can you help me, like, plan out a birthday with her? It'd be really cool if you'd come out here. And I was like, I'll see what I can do. So I told my husband, and he's like, yeah, you should do it. And I bought a plane ticket, and we just did the dang thing. We did the dang I thing. I flew out here Friday. Um, we surprised her at Michael's. We went uh, for what I thought was a innocent yarn shopping trip. <laughs> and I got more than I bargained for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There is a video. If you follow our TikToks, I will be posting it on the Crochet Base TikTok as well as my own TikTok. Of the moment. Of the moment. Where yeah. I realized what was happening. It was pretty hilarious. It was. To give a really quick rundown of what happened, I FaceTimed her in the middle of um, Michael's and I was like, I need your opinion on some yarn and started like just rambling on I was also very nervous and shaking and trying to figure out what I was saying as I was going and then halfway through it I was like oh I have a new friend and I really want you to meet them because they crochet too and it's really cool and her sister was standing behind me because she picked me up from the airport and Jess was like what the heck and she promptly hung up on me to come find me so (laughs) I was like I can't maintain this video chat and also properly freak out and find you as fast as possible so it was amazing i'm really excited to show you guys the video it's super funny and it was really fun and like the best birthday surprise ever so well done megs well done michael i might even let him out of the studio for a little bit for this one i think he deserves a break a little from the five minute Mm -hmm. you know step out into the sunshine yeah yeah absolutely we won't go too crazy with it i just like to add that you have what like seven months until my birthday and it's also my 30th oh gosh how am i gonna one-up this you you really need to top this if i would if i show up at the michaels in your area i won't be there (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh oh my goodness so other than the fact that you're here in the great real legitimate state of michigan absolute fake state can confirm doesn't exist (laughs) what's new what are you working on um i started making katie did's three-in-one unicorn definitely not in a queen of the snow themed wintertime sister wintertime sister queen 
definitely not a licensed character that would get me sued. Yeah. So. Although it is a unicorn, so it's a that unicorn. helps. It's just the colors may Are, have a bit of inspiration. They they do, but definitely not from a licensed character. Right. That's very popular with, with uh, small female children. Who aren't bothered by temperatures dropping. Exactly. <laughs> the crypticness. <laughs> the cold weather with the frozen water never disturbed them at any point in time. <laughs> Look out for that remix coming soon. <laughs> what? What you like, working on, friend? I'm working Friendo? on trying to, trying to piece together what the heck you just said. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I have been working on the blanket, the blanket yeah. that I have been making as a wedding gift for my other best friend. I have to specify because um, Megs keeps thinking that she's getting a blanket as a eight year late wedding present um i just realized that i forgot to tell him something oh as michael would say nobody out pizzas the hut thank you very much but i out cocoed the cocoa bomb queen last night and we need to talk about this last night on live we decided that meg's needed to make a hot cocoa bomb because you guys i've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast that's my other kind of like Christmas time business. I make hot cocoa bombs. I have all the supplies out in my kitchen. I've been making them on TikTok Live a lot as I get ready for the season. And so everyone was saying, well, we need to see Megs try her hand at making a hot cocoa bomb. Yeah, everyone didn't believe in me. They thought I was going to butcher it. They were laughing. Nobody had faith. It was, well, there's a big learning curve to making hot cocoa bombs. I, I could see that, yeah. absolutely. And doing it like quickly and efficiently is really the... I feel like I did it fairly quickly for, for like what it for was. your first try. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I could do it a little quicker now that I'm not nervous. But like, mm-hmm. you also had so like for comparison purposes. Mm-hmm. When I was learning it, I didn't have anybody telling me. Oh, okay. Best practices. Uh, I didn't you know? have anyone telling me best practices. I was starting. I was starting from from ground zero. Okay, and I had to uh-huh. learn my technique. And then I just basically gave you all of that information on your first try. It's fine. So now we have, um, what did we call it last night? Not style sweets. What was the other one? Sweet nothings. Sweet nothings. Um, coming to Iowa soon. Yes. <laughs> Because it's nothing that I can consume. That's actually funny. I didn't, I didn't think of it in that way, yeah. but that's funny. That's even funnier Sweet than nothings, I'm actually making nothing. nothing that I make is anything I can have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megs is allergic to everything. That's, everything! That's the joke, friends. All right, go back to telling us about your blanket. Okay, so I anyway, I'm working on the wedding blanket. It is a very like complicated blanket, but I'm on the last main section because it's divided up by a lot of sections of like really textured beautiful stitches and I'm on the very last section of the main portion of the blanket and then I have 12 I think it's 12 rows on either end of a border and then I have four tassels to add and then other than sewing on the little patch that I'm getting with their names and their wedding date it's done Holla. It's It's been a long, but it's been a very rewarding okay, project. Okay, but how long has this taken you? Because I feel like it hasn't been that long. Like, you've powered through this thing. It's, yeah, I, I started it, actually, I could literally look it up on TikTok, but it's probably been, like, a little over a month. That's a really short amount of time to make a blanket. 
It's a throw blanket, so it's not like... Stop it. It's a queen size. Three to six months. Well, I like making blankets. Well, so I'm motivated to great. finish it. Great, you can make me one now. Okay, cool. Three to six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need it by tomorrow. Well, that is probably not going to happen. Well, then don't sit there and brag about how great you are at making blankets. <laughs> if you can't make one by tomorrow, get out of here. Well, then I need you to make, like, 500 hot cocoa bombs by tomorrow. Perfect. I got you. You saw my expertise. <laughs> yes. It's fabulous. Okay. What anyway, are you drinking? I'm drinking cold coffee. That's amazing. I just drank the last little bit of my cold coffee. It's morning time. Normally, we record the podcast late at night. It's so weird. I think so, that's probably why I'm not as slap happy as I normally am. Yeah, that's definitely I'm a like factor. still kind of waking up. Right. But also, this is great, so it's fine. Yes. We are in... Also... You need to get a little bit okay. closer. Okay. What's we, next? We are, we're like in our pajamas. I we're mean, normally pajamas. I'm in my pajamas, but like I feel like wake up in our pajamas. Like we didn't brush our hair. We definitely have coffee breath. Yeah. We're just, um, we're, we're doing the dang thing, living our best life. Mm-hmm. And we're sharing one microphone. So we are. It's, this is like close quarters there for is, us to be. There is not six feet between us. No. There's more like six inches. <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> see that's where it would have been great live someone would have saw that exactly just rained on the parade of going live for this episode but also i rained on the parade of it last night hashtag so worth the wait it's also partially my fault this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the crochet bay's tiktok account if you have a tiktok and you're not following the crochet bays yet I'd like to invite you on a trip. A guilt trip? These ladies, they're working hard. They're providing quality crochet content for you, and all you have to do is tap the little plus button. They need to get to 1,000 followers so they can bring you even more consistent crochet based content on TikTok Live. So if you haven't followed yet, be a nice human being and give them a follow. Now, back to the episode. Okay, friends, so we are doing a whole episode on the phenomenon known as imposter syndrome. And I didn't always know this term. I'm not sure mm-hmm. when I became familiar with it, but it's I, I've known about it for a while. And I would say, would you say this is fair, Megs, that this is one of the most highly anticipated episodes that we have put out? Oh, totally. We've gotten so much, like, response about us talking about it, mostly on lives, like, We've talked about it, about it, and everyone's like, you should make an episode on it. I'd love to hear an episode. And now we're making that episode. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really excited that we're going to talk about this because we've both personally dealt with it. Yeah. And I think just about every single person that has responded to this, I don't think anybody's been like, nope, don't deal with that. Never yeah. have. Um, so it's really relevant. It's obviously something that people outside of the crochet world deal with um it's something that people deal with in general in their lives so this goes beyond crochet so hopefully this episode will be helpful not just to your hobby or your business but also just your life in general because it affects i think probably every area yeah to some level of a degree it, it does affect you and actually we did have maybe one or two people who 
literally said to me, it was in one of my lives, they said, is it bad that I've never experienced that? And I said, number one, no. It's not bad that you've never experienced it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make you like a conceited or bad person that you've never experienced it. Like it's just one of those things that some people do experience and then there are some people that don't. But I think the majority to some level have experienced it. Right. Right. So let's define imposter syndrome for anybody who doesn't know the term, isn't familiar with it. I think even if you don't know the term, you probably can resonate with the feeling or the description on some level. And hopefully now we're like putting some vocabulary to it for you. Mm -hmm. So the definition that I found, it says imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So can we dumb that down a little bit? Yeah. Would you like to dumb it down or would you like me to dumb it down? I'll set it down so you can see it. I can I can dumb it down. I mean, basically, like if your business, no matter if your business is successful or not, you know, you're making sales, you had a great market, Mm -hmm. um, you're getting, you know, gaining followers, a community on your social media of choice, like whatever it is, even though you might be having success, you feel like it's not deserved, like you're fraudulent because if people really knew who you, who you really are or your actual level of talent, like they would think that you're a fraud. Yeah. Because you're maybe not as talented as people think you are. Yeah. It's literally like a you could make something to a perfect level and, and it go viral. And you'll be like, I'm not actually who people think I am. I'm totally like this is all fake. This isn't actually as good as what people claim it is or as good as what it could be. Like it's comparing a lot and also just like feeling inadequate in everything you do despite obvious success. Right. Or, and I think too, like there can be feelings of inadequacy that maybe have come because you haven't had the apparent success yet. And I think that's another side to it yeah. that's valid as well. Yeah. So, you know, somebody who's maybe just getting started or they've been at it for a while, but just haven't had that like breakthrough moment yet. Um, I would say imposter syndrome can weigh even more heavily because they don't even have that success to. Mm-hmm you know look at and say oh at least I'm you know making sales or whatever right and honestly like you've heard us say it before you'll hear us say it all the time do not compare yourself to another creator another business because if if we did we constantly would find ourselves in failure like if I compare myself to some of the top crocheters like on TikTok like Katie did for example like I'm not even close to that level. I don't have that many Etsy sales. I don't have that many followers. I don't get that many views. I don't get that many likes. I don't I don't make what she makes. I don't know what she makes. She could make like little to nothing. I have no idea. But like, or she could make a ton. Who knows? Right. Not my business. But like, if I'm comparing myself to other people constantly, I'm not going to make it anywhere because I'm so worried about being where they're at. I'm not focusing on where I'm at and how to grow that step by step. Yep. I think comparison on, on either end is not helpful. Like there's always going to be somebody better than you mm-hmm. that you could compare yourself Absolutely. to and have, you know, have that like wreck your self-esteem. And there's always going to be somebody that's not as far along in their journey as you are. And that could give you some 
you know, potentially, depending on your personality, that could lead you to feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm all that in a bag of chips. So it's yeah. like just just avoiding the comparison game altogether, which is easier said than done. It's it's something you have to practice at to like turn off those thoughts. You can't just turn them off, but like redirecting your thoughts. Totally. And not allowing it to like overtake your mind and really dwell on it. Um, that's only going to help you in your life, in your hobby, in your business, whatever mm-hmm. like level it is for you. Also, like, there's obviously exceptions to every rule. Like, I am very motivated by competitions. So, like, we jokingly have this competition to see who can get to 10K first. Yes, followers on TikTok between Mike's and I. But also, that motivates me. Like, that helps me to work harder in my business. But that may not help everyone. Like, for some people, that may actually be more damaging to their business and to their, like, self-esteem and all that because they're like, oh, I'm not going to reach it. Or if – a friend of yours or something reaches it before you, it can be really detrimental to, like, your mindset. Right. So knowing yourself. Yeah. Having self-awareness, knowing what works for you, what doesn't, that's a big thing. Um, so, yeah, when we asked you guys for feedback and asked you kind of where do you fall on the spectrum, we definitely got a lot of feedback of people saying, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I totally struggle with this. Um, I think about this all the time. Or some people didn't. Um, know the term but they're like that's it that's exactly what I struggle with yeah yep. so across the board we had a lot of people that were really excited to hear this episode and hear um, other people's experiences what things might help all that kind of stuff so hopefully this episode will be helpful to everyone a lot of people saying I didn't know that other people felt that way too or I didn't know there was like actual terminology for mm-hmm. it. Like a lot of people having those feelings but not being aware that it was like a legitimate thing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people I think just pay, like peg it up. I don't know what the term I'm Chalk for. it up. Chalk it up. That's the word. <laughs> I'm struggling. Chalk it up to like anxiety. Mm-hmm. And like you don't have to struggle with anxiety or depression or mental health issues or anything to experience yeah. imposter syndrome. Yep. And we'll get into like – solutions and like some a little bit of research that we did Mm -hmm. um but that's one of the things that we'll talk about is first of all it doesn't have you don't have to have like mental health like really deep like mental health issues to struggle Mm -hmm. with this it's a normal thing and just talking about it and having some vocab to put to it is like a step in the right direction but we'll talk more about that later um so let's share our own personal experiences with imposter syndrome and then if there's anything that we've found that can uh, that has helped us yeah do you want me to go first yeah I do okay so I think one of the best examples that happened was really recent at my most recent market okay so we were setting up and um, some people were on my live so maybe they can even like recall this this moment but my I, I did a market with my friend who does quilting and she came up to me and she said oh there's another crocheter here and I literally like panicked I was like holy crap, I have competition. My stuff isn't that good. Like, I'm in a really bad place, like, location. This is not going to go well. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, I panicked, and I just questioned everything. And I'm, like, why do I do this? I just need to give up. Like, I I just need to quit right here. Like, that. I was, like, so psyched out, all because she told me there was another crocheter there. And then, like, it just – I spiraled more because I found out not only was she another crocheter, but she also made plushies, and they were also a lot of similar patterns to what I made. So I was literally ready to pass out. Like, simply pass away. (laughs) I am now going to pass away. No. 
I I was I was done. I was ready to give up. And like in my live, I was like, you guys, there's another crocheter here. And honestly, it just kind of got worse from there. Like the first two hours of the market, I made no sales. And I was like, this is it. This like I had I'm a one hit wonder. Like I had one good market and, mm. and this is the end of it. And then all of a sudden they started coming and I sold like I think I sold like 25% of what I brought with and I I didn't make I didn't hit my goals but my goals I knew were reaching for the stars mm-hmm. so I knew I wouldn't hit them which is fine and you brought a lot of stuff I did I brought almost 200 so 25% yeah. is good <laughs> I brought almost 200 items yeah so like I did I did well it was a great market it was the best market I've done so far but yet I still the whole time was going I'm a, like a fraud I'm a failure I can't do this anymore and I was already not having a great week. Like, it was a really bad week in general. But, like, that, I feel like, was a really great example of imposter syndrome in my experience recently mm-hmm. where I was just really struggling. It did kind of take those sales to help me, like, go, okay, no, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I went and checked out her stuff. And it wasn't to go, oh, mine's better than yours or be, like, snooty or anything. It was more so to go – even if we have the same stuff, it like it's still really unique because like she had hatching unicorns, she had hatching dinos, she had, you know, like little pocket whales and things like that, and I did too. Mm-hmm. But also, our stuff was really different. Like like, and I don't mean quality wise necessarily. I just mean even though we had the same patterns, like we still had so much uniqueness to it. Right. And creativity in it that it didn't really matter that we had the same stuff. And on top of that, like, both of us ended up being really supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. really cool to see. And that was, like, super helpful. And just having that mindset of it's not a competition thing. It's, like, we can still support each other and both make sales and both be successful at this market. And, listen, she had a way better spot at that market than I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hidden. I was super hidden. She was on the main strip. And then we sold the same things. But we had different price points, which was fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Her stuff was worth the prices she was listing them at. I just had a broader range of prices. Um, And she was telling people, oh, like, that girl over there with those items has $5 items. I don't. But she sold all of her little small $10 and $20 items, too. So it was just like we both didn't approach it from a mindset of competition after that. We approached it from a mindset of, like, we can – you know, support each other in this market and both still have some success. And she was even, like, recommending markets to me that she goes to. Yeah. So she was not even, like, phased by the idea of competition. But I let imposter syndrome hit me really hard in the beginning when I didn't need it to because it ended up being that, like, oh, we can have community in this situation over competition. And I know that's that cliche term, (laughs) but it really was that. And I, like – can look back at it and go you were dumb like why did you let that psych you out so bad because it it wasn't necessary right so I think what's interesting in the story that you just told is like there were two different types of like comparison or imposter syndrome going on because you had you were comparing yourself to the other person that was Mm -hmm. selling stuff but you were also comparing yourself to yourself like your previous market yeah. So mm-hmm. that like those are both really valid things that happen to all of us, I think, where it's like you're comparing yourself to how somebody else is doing. Yeah. But also maybe you had a previous market or a previous 
experience where you did really well and now this time it's like okay well maybe they're figuring it out they're figuring it out that i'm a fraud and that i'm not as yes. good as you know it's no, like no, no that was on. that was totally what it was because listen i sold my two most expensive items at my first market in 11 minutes and i sold a five dollar item two hours after the market opened yeah this time like and i psyched myself out but i doubled my profits from from my first market yeah. to this market so it's just like it's just so funny how it works that way mm-hmm. like even though you can have some type of gauge or comparison, like I still, you're right. I compared to myself and I created that imposter syndrome in myself over myself. Right. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be another person. Yeah. It could be your own previous experiences Mm -hmm. or your perceived experience of how you think it should go. And then if it doesn't go that way, then you feel like I failed. And even you have kind of like had that experience. Maybe not. Well, I'm sure you have like with your own stuff, but you compared it to my market and kind of had a number in your head too. And And that's definitely my experience. Like I've only done one market so far for my crochet business and it didn't go as well as I wanted it to as far as like sales. Um, And I definitely went in like it was right after Megs had done her first market that I went in and did my first market. And like I knew how much she made because she told me. And so even though I was trying to not go in with a huge amount of expectations, you still kind of, you know, absolutely. It's kind of unavoidable to not have some expectation of how you hope it'll go. So I kind of had like the number that Megs made in my brain as like, man, it would be really great to make that much. And I didn't. I didn't even come close to it. Um, So, like, there was that bit of comparison there. And then I was also definitely comparing my crochet markets to my hot cocoa bomb markets, which is a completely apples to oranges situation because Mm -hmm. it's chocolate. Chocolate tends to sell itself. Um, It's, like, stuff that people are excited about. It hits a huge demographic of people because mm-hmm. pretty much the only people who aren't going to buy it are people who are like allergic or diabetic. Everybody else pretty much likes chocolate, all age ranges, all uh gender nationality, like everybody pretty much likes chocolate. It's yep. not hard to sell and they're also not expensive. Last year my hot cocoa bombs were $5 each. Um and everything else was in that price range of like my cheapest thing on the table is a dollar fifty to like five dollars, and then I do a mug gift set that's like fifteen. So it's not hard for me to sell a high volume of right. products because they are affordable and it's a consumable. People love consumables. It's like, oh, we'll take this and we'll make it when we get home, or I'll mm-hmm. give it as a Christmas gift. Like they fly off the shelves essentially if I if the market is good. Um, so even though I knew that my crochet products were more expensive because they take more time. Um, that they don't have as wide of a demographic of people. Um, they, and it also wasn't like a Christmas time market where people are really holiday shopping, like pretty much all my other markets are. I still wanted it to be that same type of scenario or feeling as my hot cocoa bomb markets. And it's just not ever going to be like, they're just two completely different types of setups. Um, So I had that working against me in my brain and then the comparison. And I really felt like, okay, this is my first market. Like I've, I've really put in a lot of work to make it like, like the setup is pretty, the packaging is nice. Like the, obviously the products hopefully are are really nice. And so I kind of had this like 
Like I want to, I want to come out swinging, you know, like I really mm-hmm. want to have like kind of make my mark and establish like this is going to be how my markets are going to be. And it just was not the way that I wanted it to be. Um, so that definitely like made me feel gun shy about doing another one. I still haven't done another crochet market. Um, I think you should. Mostly because like now it's kind of the season. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> tis the season for chocolate. Um but I need to get back out there and do it again yep. because that's my only experience right now. And so it's like, I, I just need to, I just need to do it, you know? Yes, you do. You ain't nothing to, to it but to do it. Just jump in the deep end. Yeah. So um, that was kind of my experience with, well, that's one of my experiences with imposter syndrome and comparison in general. I feel like those two things are very closely tied together. So basically with these markets, and it doesn't have to be a market, I think that was kind of both of our stories Mm -hmm. for examples, but with both of those markets, I think what helped me to kind of uh, snap out of it, I guess, is reminding myself of all of the different variables that go into success. And particularly, I mean, you could do this with with any scenario you find yourself in, but particularly for markets, so many different variables that go into whether it's going to be a good day for you or not. And some of them you have control over and some of them you do not. Um, Things like weather, things like how well the event was advertised, um, traffic that's coming to your booth, where your booth is within the market. Yep. Um, you know, who's by you. If you have like a person that's like heckling people, like, come on over, like they, they walk by fast because they don't want to get, you know, sucked into like your neighbor's booth or something. Like there's, there's so many different things that you don't have control over. What you do have control over is your setup, your prices, your, you know, the quality of your products, those types of things. But like, there's so many different factors that go into whether a day is going to be good for you or not that sometimes reminding myself of those things helps to take some of the like personal feeling of failure out of it because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, let me think about this. Like there really haven't been that many people walking by my booth. I can't control that. Right. Um, Or, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe it is something that you could adjust for next time. Like, okay, maybe my prices were not quite where they need to be. Or maybe my setup was a little cluttered looking or things like that. So it's like that's stuff that you can change, but it's that's not a direct reflection on like who you are yes. as a person. Because imposter syndrome isn't attached to like actions that you do. It's something you internalize and feel like this is who I am. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm not a failure. I just need to make some adjustments. Or I'm not a failure because I can't control the weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I also think we tend to measure success in n- numbers in right. terms of followers and finances. Mm-hmm. And success is not measured in those things. It can be at times in the right circumstances. But at the end of the day, consistency, I think, mm-hmm. is a and growth. More, yeah, and growth is more important than how much money you're making or how many followers you may have. Mm-hmm. So looking for other success markers other than yes. just how many dollars did I make. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. That's really good. And it's really easy for us to go, oh, I only made this. Yeah. Or I only made that. Or I only have this many followers. Mm-hmm. And, and like, obviously, making personal goals, like, I want to make this much this month. I want to get this many followers. I want to grow to this. That's a great goal. That's a great thing. But don't measure your success alone by that. And the reason even more so I say that is because I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. So right now on my TikTok, I have 5,600 followers, which is wild in itself. Right. Like, that's amazing. But on my old TikTok, I had 28,000 followers. Yeah. So it's really hard not to compare and go, why am I not good enough now when I had that? But the difference between the two is on my 5,600 follower account, I have consistency. I get a consistent amount of views. I get a consistent amount of interaction. I've gotten to know people. Mm-hmm. You know, like when people show up on my lives, I can call them out by name and and ask them questions about their life. Right. Like, like I've developed relationships. More of a where, community and engagement. Yeah, and a community. Exactly. Whereas like on my old TikTok with the 28,000 followers, I can tell you who any of those people were. Right. Like it was just like I had two or three videos go viral and all these people started following me, and half of them didn't even watch my content. So it'd be like, this one video got 3.1 million views, which is nuts. Like, yeah. absolutely insane. But my next video had two views. Yeah. Like, and, th- and that was it. So it's just, like, that number of followers did not measure my success at all. I just right. got lucky and had a couple videos go viral. Right. And then I ended up deleting the account anyway. So it was, like, <laughs> literally pointless. I mean, it literally was nothing. Yeah. But at the same time, it just, you know, it, it's it just up. a really good example of why measuring your success in numbers isn't always the best route to go. Yeah. So, like, set a sales goal if you want to, but don't let that be mm-hmm. your only goal. Set some goals of, like, yeah. I would like to post this many times or I would like to bring this many items to my market. or right. You know, like, set some other goals that you know you can achieve Yeah. so that if the sales goal doesn't happen, it's not as, like, crushing. It's like, oh, that's the only thing I wanted to do this month and I didn't get it done. Yeah. Set that sales goal as a motivation, not as a measurement of success. Yeah. Like, for me, it's a successful market if I made my booth feedback. Mm-hmm. That's it. Anything past that is amazing. Right. So going in with expectations that are not all tied to your sales. Also, because I'm thinking about this pro tip, generally something that I've tried to do now is I make my $5 items, I make enough of them to cover my booth booth fee. That's smart. Yeah. So that has been really helpful. So at least if the only thing I'm selling for that day is my $5 items, I can at least cover my booth fee. Yeah. Which, again, is how I measure, my, like, my success anyway. Yeah. Are $5 items typically the least expensive thing you have at your booth? $5 items are, are almost always. Like, yeah. unless I bring, um, like, popsicle holders, then yes, I will have $3 items are my cheapest item, but 5 is generally kind of what yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um. Any other solutions? I feel like th- those things were pretty good. Yeah. And no. you guys also, like, we're we're still learning to take our own advice. We're certainly not totally. experts at this. But, like, these are things that when we can put them into practice are helpful. Yeah. We're human, too. And we fall under the same categories as you guys. Yes. So one of the resources that we listened to was a little TED-Ed talk about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job of breaking down, like, what it is. And we kind of covered some of the solutions a little bit. And also, I thought this was really interesting. They listed um, Albert Einstein yeah. and Maya Angelou as two, like, 
well-known people that have struggled with imposter syndrome, which I thought was really interesting. So you're not alone, guys. Um, and obviously, we both we know that both of them were immensely successful in their fields. Incredible, intelligent. And still didn't feel like they deserved to be yeah. where they were. So there's no... One of the things that she said I thought was interesting was there's no threshold of success where imposter syndrome goes away. It's something right. that you have to deal with the root of the problem because there's never going to be a level where it's like, if I could hit you know, 10K followers on TikTok, if I could hit 100,000, if I could hit a million followers on TikTok, right. like, if you don't address the root of the problem, more and more and more success is not going to make it go away. It will probably just increase the feelings because it's like, shoot, I have a million followers and they all aren't in on this secret that I'm a fraud, you know? Yep. Like, it only makes it more weighty, I would feel like. Yeah, I feel like it only exacerbates the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so dealing with it at the root of the problem. But um, one of the things that they said in the video that I thought was interesting was the concept of just having a term to put to it. Just having a, mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, just having words to put to it can provide some relief. Knowing, okay, I'm, I'm not crazy. This is a thing that other people deal with. And having that self-awareness to know like there's a name I can put to this and I can address it a little bit more because now I know what it is yes like how many times are you scrolling through like TikTok or Instagram reels or like the Facebook videos and someone starts describing a scenario and you're like other people feel that way too yeah. or oh other gosh. people do that too me too or yeah and you're like oh like you don't feel so like isolated and like I'm a weirdo mm-hmm it's like that's straight up I feel like defining imposter syndrome and knowing like there is a term for this it mm -hmm. is a legitimate thing and the majority of people do experience it makes you feel like oh I'm not this crazy person who just is fake and a fraud and whatever else like right. it almost kind of like reins it in and brings you back to reality to realize like oh it's maybe a maybe I'm not so much of a fraud or a fake and yeah. maybe it's just it makes it seem a little bit more manageable in yeah. your mind. It's not this, like, unnamed monster lurking in the corner that you have no idea how to deal with. Right. Um, and then one of the things that they said that we kind of jokingly were like, we're the, we're the, we're the solution. We're going to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> was the idea of talking about it is one of the biggest steps you can take mm -hmm. to help. Because what we all do is we all kind of – suffer in isolation thinking I'm the only one nobody else is talking about it so nobody else must be dealing with it therefore I'm the only one and I'm not going to talk about it because I'm the only one dealing with it and I don't want to seem weird or I don't want to seem crazy so I'm just going to keep it to myself when really a lot of us are separately struggling with it and saying I'm the only one struggling with this so I'm not going to mm -hmm. say anything so it's like this vicious circle but if we can break that circle and say hey I struggle with imposter syndrome and I kind of feel like a fraud sometimes and I'm always terrified that my ends are going to come out of a piece and somebody's going to be mad at me because maybe I didn't weave it in good enough. <laughs> Listen. That's a really specific imposter syndrome yeah, thing for me. I, I hear it. always am afraid. Okay. I Even can, though I wear my own stuff and it's not really a problem. I can almost guarantee you every single person who listens to this podcast and more have the fear that their project that they have made, the ends are going to unravel. Yeah. Every time I do it. Everybody listening to that just went, me too. Too. Exactly. <laughs> Identifying um, it and saying, 
I'm not weird. Like, stop saying that I'm not, I'm, sorry. I completely butchered what I was trying to say right there. You can just cut this part out. <laughs> like, your brain telling you I'm weird for this. And it's like, yeah. no, this is not weird. This is right. the thing. People experience this. I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm a normal human being with normal human responses. Yes. And the more we can all talk about it and share our experiences, I think the less power it has over you. Absolutely. Because we realize, like, it's normal. And if we can all talk about it and we all deal with this thing, it kind of lessens the the severity of it. Mm-hmm. Because if everybody's a fraud, then no one's a fraud. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Except you know for those I mean? that are frauds. Except for the actual frauds. And they know. They it, know it's not a syndrome. They're just straight up imposters. No, the problem is they don't think they're frauds. But they are. Or they know and they don't care. Uh, yeah, that's it. They know they're <laughs> frauds. They just don't care. We're talking about like actual criminals and conmen. No, not like crochet I'm business about owners. you. <laughs> Duh. Way to help my imposter syndrome. Ooh, I 100% peaked there. Because you, you went past the thing. I did. Mobby. Oh, my goodness. So I, I actually really thought that resource was helpful. Just yeah, yeah, no, it was good for being like a little four-minute video. I feel like we should link it in the show notes. So oh, yeah, we totally to can. It. We'll that link that video idea. for you guys so you can listen to it. We kind of covered the main points, but there's, um, there's some good stuff in there. There's also like a 20-minute imposter syndrome ted talk that oh we yeah could probably you link should to. link that too we haven't listened to it yet but, but it's fine i'm sure it's great if ted says it's good then believe ted <laughs> we believe ted maybe ted has imposter syndrome he's like i started this whole big thing he's like i make billions of dollars i don't have any syndrome know. also is ted a person i, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just an organization i literally have watched one ted talk my entire life maybe ted stands for talk educate I- deliver <laughs> maybe but isn't it like an x at the end of it yeah mm. well some of it is yeah okay listen i've only watched one ted talk my entire life <laughs> talk educate deliver xylophone <laughs> xylophone <laughs> xylophone x-ray vision <laughs> well now i can't even tell what ted talk i've talked about because it's not even nearly as funny as that <laughs> that really got me Oh man, that really rustles my jimmies. <laughs> that needs to be a T-shirt. Talk, educate, deliver, xylophone. That's what we're about here. That's our new tagline. We it's not make... crochet, drink coffee, be kind. It's talk, educate, educate deliver, deliver ex- xylophone. Oh, xylophone. <laughs> See, we still we're still getting a little slap happy, even though it's eleven a.m. instead of eleven p.m. Even, I don't know what you're talking about. It's ten a.m. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um. We have we were gonna share some ideas from followers. Yeah, there was a couple I really liked. Two of them were kind of similar, but it's okay. So, um, HMK Handmade, our friend Heather, mm-hmm. she said she likes to listen to personal development podcasts, which I think is really great because having someone kind of like talking your head, like you're worth it, you're you know you can do this, blah blah, blah whatever. Mm-hmm. That is super helpful, and like it reminds me of um, things. Like my therapist used to say when I, I'm not in therapy anymore, but I used to be and we're transparent about things like that. Um, he used to tell me all the time, like, if you don't believe something about yourself, like go stand in the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror and say it to yourself as if you're talking to yourself like face to face. So I think that's kind of a similar 
thing, like listening to people say it in your ears like that, but it doesn't feel as like weird because I always felt awkward like standing in front of a mirror and being like, you're worthy, like, and never <laughs> did it. But it does help. I did do it. It just, it does help. Um, Maggie Me 99 said, budget doesn't equal worth or value. And I think what, she had more to this, but I didn't like write out the whole thing. But basically what she was talking about is when people kind of comment about your pricing, which is mm. a whole other drama we don't need to get into. That can fuel the fire of it. But it can really syndrome. fuel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, she's right. Like your pricing, whether higher or lower, whether someone says you're underselling or over like selling or whatever, a pricing is what I meant. It doesn't, it doesn't equal your value or your worth. Because first mm-hmm. of all, not everybody sells their stuff, which mm-hmm. people who, who don't sell their stuff also experience imposter syndrome because they do a lot of gifts. Or maybe they don't sell their stuff because they don't feel like it's worth mm-hmm. selling because yeah. it's not good enough, which yep. 100% of the time is not true. Like, mm-hmm. Or even if you're giving it as a gift, like, yeah, I don't think this person's actually going to use it. They're not actually going to like it. Like, they're opening it and being like, oh, my gosh, thanks. But, like, they're probably just lying to make me feel better about myself. Yeah, and that's just – it's just not the case. And I know that people don't necessarily value handmade gifts to the level of buying something expensive from, like, a big box store. But that's a mentality that we've created in society and not a, like, hard and fast rule. Right. And also, like, just like your budget doesn't determine your value, other yeah. people's opinions of you don't determine your value. Absolutely. We can get caught up in that in like a social media world where we thrive on likes and comments and follows yes but somebody else's opinion whether they open that baby blanket you made and they're thrilled to pieces or that you get like no reaction at all that stings like let's not even kid that that doesn't hurt if somebody like right. doesn't you know get excited about something that you poured a lot of time and love and work into but that still does not determine your worth as a crocheter mm-hmm. or as a person Absolutely. Like somebody needs to, I'm preaching today. Somebody needs to hear that today. Like if there's something where you made it, you sold it or you gave it away and you didn't get the reaction you were hoping for, that does not determine your worth Mm -mm. as a crocheter because that's somebody else's opinion that has nothing to do with you. Or it does not determine your worth as a person, as a human being. Like that can't be where you get your source of uh, self-esteem. Yes. Because once again, somebody else's opinions, at the end of the day, as much as we've made it a thing in society, that's not where your sense of worth comes from. In general in life, like not even just with crochet, right. not even just with like making items. Like if you seek out your sense of worth and value in other people, they will disappoint you 100% of the time. You will always be giving yourself room to be let down. Always. This has now become a motivational podcast. <laughs> we are. We are the personal development podcast today. Heck yeah, we are. <laughs> Here you go, Heather. You like them, we give it. <laughs> um, Design 76 said, I take the time to dig up the root cause and examine why I'm being affected in that way. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, and, but that's hard. I feel like that's hard to do. Like It takes work. Like, Literally props to you for being able to do that because I know a lot of people struggle with that big time. Mm-hmm. But it is a really important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like to take a step back and go, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? What is causing this? Is mm-hmm. it a legitimate 
like fear? Is it a legitimate like struggle? Or am I creating something that's really not there? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the answer is simple is that I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's a little more complex. Like, okay, when I was a kid, you know, my mom or dad never appreciated when I made them a card or something. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it could be really deep or it could be very surface level of yeah. like, I just need a nap and a snack. Listen, and this is going to cure my imposter syndrome there's today. There's a story in the Bible. The dude gets angry. And God tells them, have a snack, take a nap, and then you'll feel better. And you want to know what pretty happened? Much, that's pretty much how it went. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah. True story. Go read it. I don't have references for you. It's one, of the, it's one of the prophets. I think yeah, it's Isaiah yeah, or Ezekiel. Yeah. I was thinking Ezekiel, but I'm not 100% certain on He's that. He's like, I want to die. I'm so he angry. I want to die. He literally is like, I want to die. Yeah. I'm over this. And God is like, go to sleep. An angel brings him some food. And then when he wakes up, he's like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Yeah. So <laughs> y- you feeling a little down, take a nap, drink some water. Take care of your basic needs. Take a shower. See if that Have helps. a snack. Bet you'll feel better. Basically self-care is what we're saying. Yeah. Do a little self-care. <laughs> Do a little self-care. Um, I got one more. Okay. Before you read the last yeah. one, I would just say for doing the work of getting down to the root cause. Yes. There's different ways you can do that. I mean, obviously, therapy, that's a great one. Yeah, therapy is a wonderful thing. That might not necessarily be super accessible not to for everyone. Everybody. But something that I do that helps me kind of process through those thoughts is journaling. Yeah, journaling Writing great. things down really helps me, like, get in that headspace where I can sort of think mm-hmm. about my thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thinking through what thoughts are going through my head. And why those thoughts are affecting me the way that they are. Um, Journaling has been a really helpful thing for me. And if you're not into writing on paper, you can journal on your laptop or whatever, too. You know, type it out on the keyboard. finding a good way that works for you to center yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, just remembering, I need to be centered right now. I need to get myself in a more neutral position. Right. And Maybe it's calling a friend. Yeah, calling a friend. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's, you know, taking a nap. Maybe it's just listening to the Crochet Bays podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, maybe it's listening to your favorite, like, band. What, Whatever it may be, be, just remind yourself, like, hey, I need to get centered right now and go stop whatever you're doing and go do that. Now, I would not recommend mid-market stop and leave. But, like... <laughs> Got to take a walk. If you're... Well, and honestly, like, if you're... Do a lap, yeah. If you have a buddy with you... And you're just really struggling, like, go take a step back. Go take a walk. Go look at a couple things. Take a few deep breaths. You know, drink some water and come back. I love that. Yes. Okay. Dreamer Angel 94 said, fact checked, check negative thoughts. I absolutely love this comment. So good. So, so good. Like, it's so simple. It's easy to remember. And it's so accurate. Fact check negative thoughts thoughts when that negative thought comes in your head is it fact if it's not fact what is fact Mm -hmm. exposing the lies yes and meditating on the truth exactly we love that we love that i feel like like this needs to be a sticker like i want i want a sticker that just says fact check negative thoughts we should add it as a sticker i feel like we should because 
able, being able to put that somewhere and see it, and it isn't even to like make a profit off of it. I ain't worried about that. It's literally <laughs> we like, don't do that anyway. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> um, it's literally just to have somewhere that says it to me all the time. So yep. when I'm like having one of those struggles, I'm having like that meltdown. I'm having imposter syndrome. I can see that, and it says fact check negative thoughts. I can go, okay, is what I'm thinking true? Is what I'm thinking accurate? Is what I'm thinking helps me? Mm-hmm. Is it you know? Is it producing positive? Is it like, getting me where I want to go? Yeah, yeah. Is it helping me grow? Is it helping me be successful? Is it helping me do anything? I just, mm-hmm. I just love that. So like, thank you for that comment because it is seriously. I just went, oh, I was blown away by it. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like, if it's if it's not truth, um. Like if I if I fact check my thought and I'm like that's that's negative, it's not true. Why am I thinking that? Yeah. You know, and that leads to kind of the other one of like getting to that root cause. Yes. Yep. I thought they went kind of well. Like they're different, but they're also the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mega Stash Debt Consolidation. Are you swimming in debt because you just can't resist a good yarn sale? Maxed out your credit cards because that blanket yarn you love was finally in stock? Is this hitting a little too close to home and you're regretting your life decisions? Then you'll be pleased to learn about Mega Stash Debt Consolidation, specifically designed with the fiber artist in mind. We'll help to consolidate all those purchases from every craft store within 100 miles so you can get back to what you love doing most. Buying more yarn, uh, I mean using up all that yarn. Give Mega Stash Debt Consolidation a call today to see what we can do for you. Terms and conditions may apply. Not valid in all states. Rates dependent on how Mega Stash your Mega Stash is. We're closed on Mondays, Tuesdays, and all days. Please don't call us. This is not real. This is satire. Nothing is real. Okay, so we are going to jump into our ever popular Shut Up and Take My Money segment. My favorite! <laughs> you little gremlin. Like what? <laughs> you little gremlin. <laughs> Is that what gremlins sound like? It's been I have a no long idea. Time. Actually, have you never watched that movie? I don't think I ever have because, like, it would have terrified me as a Can child. Can we like do a? It's a Christmas movie. Can we do like a watch party of it? I don't really want to. Why? I just like why? <laughs> Fine. Don't okay. have a lot of interest. Shut up and take my money. This yeah. one's really exciting because it's it was Jess, but now it's kind of like both of us. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we, it's funny because we decided on this item. Like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now it has more relevance because yeah. you're here. So today's Shut Up and Take My Money is a more indirectly related item to crochet, yep. but I use it while I crochet all the time. She does. So if you guys know one thing about the crochet base is that we like to drink coffee. We do. While we crochet, while we record the podcast, while we live our lives, basically. Coffee is life. Yeah. It's part of our tenants. Life is crochet, coffee. Crochet, drink coffee, be kind. It's one of the top three. Mm-hmm. So... Having a hot cup of coffee, which is really ironic because we both had, like, very cold cups of coffee we when we did. started this because we, we didn't did. bring them in here with us. It's fine. Having a hot cup of coffee is important to me. I want to be able to reach for it and not have to uh, – because, like, I drink coffee slowly. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, I, I will take sips over, like, a long period of time. So it starts to get cold. And I don't – what I don't want to have to do, what we're not about to do <laughs> is, is have to set the crochet project down – yeah. 10 times, get up, go to the microwave, heat it up. And then, you know, like microwave coffee, it just starts to taste not as great after a few heat okay. ups. But Danny explained to me why hot coffee that goes cold tastes trash, but iced coffee is good. 
Right. Because of the cream being heated. Yeah. And it goes bad. Yeah. Although I don't really care about that too much. Okay. But that doesn't do. bother me. I don't like hot coffee. That Maybe your cold. creamer, like your flavored Well, almond milk stuff. creamer in general is like not it's as not. sustainable as as cream. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not like as like shelf stable. Is that a, would that be the right term? Not necessarily shelf stable, but like it's not going to stay fresh. Yeah. Sitting out. Like you got to drink it quick. As long. Quick. It, it has a very like short span of time in room temperature. Yeah. So that, that also plays a role. But yeah. still. So right. anyway, the solution to this problem is a coffee mug warmer. Mm-hmm. I got one for Christmas, I think. The first one that I got. And it was a game changer for me, you guys. You plug it in and there's a couple different types. Like there's, you know, different types of them. The first one that I got is um, really cool because it's weight activated. So like you set the mug down on it and it triggers this little button and that's what will like cause it to start heating up. So it's like almost like a little hot plate. Um, Like if you have one, I know they make them for candles too, where like it'll melt the candle wax. Mm, So it'll like mm -hmm. release the scent without you having to actually light the candle. Um, But this one is specifically for coffee mugs. You could use a candle on it too, I'm sure. But um, it keeps your coffee hot. Yeah. And it's amazing. You just set it on there and you never have to worry about your coffee getting cold. It's blush pink, which everybody knows is like my favorite color. Uh, You can get them in all kinds of colors, obviously. But um, and they're not very expensive. I want to say that one was like 20 bucks. Um, It is on Amazon. So we will add it to our shut up and take my money storefront. Yeah, we will. So you can get one for yourself. Um, Obviously, you can use it for more than just coffee if you're not a coffee drinker, but you like tea, hot chocolate, whatever. Cider. Cider. As I've learned, is not an adult grape juice beverage. Grape juice. It would be an adult apple beverage. We call wine adult grape juice. Yeah, but this would be adult apple juice. Okay, but I just refer to all um, 21 plus drinks as adult grape juice okay okay Okay. so anyway they're amazing and i told michael for my birthday which was a couple days ago i was like you know what i really need is another coffee mug warmer because i've been carrying the one all around the house (laughs) it's like okay today i'm working in uh the kitchen for hot cocoa bombs i'm gonna bring it in there now I'm working in the guest room. I'm crocheting. I need to unplug it and carry it in there with me. And it was getting kind of annoying. I'm like, I kind of need another one. So I mm-hmm. can have one that stays in one place and one that stays in another. And that way I won't have to move them as often. I still end up having to move them around, but not as often. So he got me another one. Also blush pink. A slightly different type, though. This one is not weight triggered. It has a little, like, touch button. And it has three different heat settings, which is nice. So you can do, like, warm, hot, and, like, hottest, I guess. (laughs) Um, Which is nice because sometimes with the other one, if you get down to, like, you know, you got, like, three sips left, the heat can be a little too much for, like, that small amount of liquid. Mm, That makes sense. So it's, like, the opposite of when you normally drink a cup of coffee. Like, the last few sips are usually cold. The last few sips are, like, really hot. Burning your tongue. (laughs) Yeah, with the other one because it's, like, less liquid. So it's nice because you can kind of adjust the heat down as you drink more Mm -hmm. of it, which is nice. So, so far, our shut up and take my monies have kind of been either either or. Like, it's either something you used and I haven't or vice versa. Right. But I used the 
uh, coffee cup warmer thing. Yeah. Last night on our live. We had coffee. And, and I it, was like, I have two warmers now. Yeah. We can both use them. It was bomb, you guys. I loved it. I'm getting one now. Like yeah. 100% going to get one. You just, you never have to worry about your coffee getting cold as you crochet. You can it's stay so working nice. on that project. And every time you reach for your coffee, you know it's going to be hot. Exactly. It's such a small thing, but it's such a big deal. All right, guys, we have a couple of little announcements before we close out the episode today. We want to tell you a little bit about episode nine and a little bit about episode 10. So Mike's going to tell you about nine and I will tell you about 10. Cool. Cool. So episode nine is going to be kind of a shift change for us a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It will still have crochet like references I guess but it's not necessarily gonna be crochet related it's more of a story time yeah, than yeah. like a direct crochet. exactly so I did post a tiktok on the crochet bays and if you saw it you're already knowing what I'm talking about but if not if you're not following us on tiktok um on episode nine we are going to be talking about my story and um the reason we are is because October is pregnancy and infant loss awareness month mm-hmm. and if you aren't familiar with my background um I am actually the mom to a stillborn baby in addition to the four children that I have here. Um, So we're going to share that story for Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, but also because it plays a large role in why I crochet right now. Like, you've heard me say, you know, I've been crocheting for 20 years, but, like, 20 years not consistently. There's been a lot of breaks and pauses and things like that. And I um, didn't crochet for a really long time up until right after Um, My son had passed away. Right. So I'm going to share that story and kind of tell you guys, like, how I got to where I am, um, as well as, like, some really cool things you can do to be proactive in helping the child loss community and supporting them with your crochet. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously it's going to be a really – what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say somber necessarily, but like... It's going to be a little bit different than our normal episodes. Yeah, it and, will be... But I'm also excited for people to hear how they could be a part of the whole process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's not just, here's my story. It's also like, here's how you can be a part of this ongoing right. story. And it's and what's funny about it too is like, like I do, it sounds weird to say, I'm excited to tell you about the worst moment of my life, but also I am. Because not only was it like one of the worst moments of my life... Also, so much good has come after, you know, mm-hmm. like, like so much of me has changed. Like you guys always are hearing me laughing. You always hear me like with my dry humor, the sarcastic humor, joking, but like that was not the case for right. the longest time. So it's going to be really, I think it's, it's going to be really cool to share who I was and where I've come since. Yeah. Um, and like how crochet plays a role in that and yeah. how you can take your crochet and play a role in in that for other people too. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's episode 9. We just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a little bit of a heads up. And then mm-hmm. episode 10, we're giving you just like a little teeny sneak peek. Isn't it crazy to think episode 10 that we're almost to episode 10? It's that's nuts. It's really nuts. Are we a real podcast? We're a real stinking podcast. Oh my god. Yes. So episode 10, we're excited to be having another guest on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We will be interviewing someone. But we're not going to tell you who just yet. Just not quite yet. Yeah. So just know that we will be interviewing another guest on the podcast for episode 10. And you're just going to have to keep tuning in to hear more about that. So that's exciting. 
We're excited. We're excited. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening to episode eight of the podcast. I really hope that it was helpful to you in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, If it was, we'd love to know what um, spoke to you the most. You can always send us an email, reach out to us on TikTok. Um, Any of those things are great. So until next time, crochet, drink coffee, and be kind. Okay, bye. Crochet Bays We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet While we talk about crochet You can crochet too Yeah